0: Welcome, everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with The Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Ryan Steelberg. He's the president and co-founder of Veritone. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for having me today. Great. Uh, so, so, Ryan, for those that aren't familiar with Veritone, can you just give us a quick overview of the company?
1: Sure. You know, Veritone is a seven-year-old company. Um, really focused on leveraging, you know, artificial intelligence um, to help develop and deploy, you know, AI-based solutions um, at enterprise scale. Um, you know, we service, we have about, a, you know, a few hundred customers that range from uh, media and entertainment, um, larger shops like Disney and ESPN, um, to hundreds of police agencies. So we have a kind of a diversified customer base, but it all, all of those customers run on our propri- proprietary AI platform called AIware and, and that's what we develop and that's what we take to market very good so what's the size of the
0: addressable market
1: i mean it's it's in the terms of billions so if you we look at these really as different market segments, so applying aiware our technology stack to the media entertainment, and advertising industry um, for for us our our target addressable uh, revenue opportunity is definitely in the billions um, for us it's it's an area that is growing very, very quickly in the media, entertainment, and advertising space. Um, The amount of content and and unstructured data that's being produced, um, not just by the big Netflix of the world, but by individual creator um, economy is growing exponentially still. And and when you have categories like that where they're growing um, and producing content or content-based data at exponential scales, it, it's great applicability for technologies and solutions like ours, AIWare. That same um, focus, and so again, we look at them as different business units. Another major category um, that we've been servicing for a while is government, legal, and compliance. A lot of similar problems, right? Exploding data sets, um, very complex um, unstructured data sets like audio and video, um, but also um, you know, just different types of, of sensor-based data. and And again, um, Veritone is, is right there helping service them directly um, in, in the government, legal, and compliance space, but also working through very well-established partners um, that are actually taking our solution to those markets, which include companies like Deloitte, um, BA, BAE Systems, and, and other major I'll say government contractors. And, then, and third, our other you know, our main um, business unit focus, again, applying AIware to, to a market segment um, is, is one of our newer ones, is HR tech um, really helping, um, you know, help automate and bring efficiencies um, and, and growth opportunities for customers who are looking to, let's say, overhaul and, and programmatically automate, you know, their talent acquisition efforts. So those are kind of the three main areas that Veritone is, is proactively going after um, today. All of which, you know, are is a you know in sort of an aggregate is a, a multi billion dollar opportunity in terms of revenue.
0: Okay. So since it's so large and growing, it, it's got to be a competitive area. Can you give us an idea of the competitive landscape and how you guys fit in? Sure.
1: You know, there's, there's, there's like I say, smaller niche groups that, let's say, focus on one specific use case. So companies that do, let's say, t- text-to-speech or natural language processing. Um, and so there's, there's a multitude of, of, of different companies that are applying AI to help index and organize unstructured data sets. Really how AIWare and Veritone differentiate is um, AIWare is, we call it an operating system, right? meaning um, we can actually go out and service a large enterprise, um, and because we orchestrate and normalize all the different cognitive AI models out there, it affords us the ability to allow a customer to make one investment into us in AIWare and be able to effectively service or allow them to um, capitalize on a new opportunity without having actually to go do 55 deals with different point solutions. So for example, if you're ESPN, a longstanding customer Mars, and you, they, they want to transition, which they have, to go from just indexing and organizing all of their audio, but now they want to, in, in the same platform, do all the visual organization and indexing of their video-based programming they didn't have to go anywhere. They were able to, to launch and, and sort of expand right, that opportunity on AIware versus having to go out and contract with 1, 2, 10, 50 other companies. So our platform of AIware has really differentiated us from a lot of the point solution competitors out there.
0: Okay. You touched on this a little bit, but can you just summarize the, the markets and industries you serve and are you applicable to other markets and industries as well?
1: Sure. Um, From a direct sales perspective, um, where we're going to market and owning the go-to-market strategy, we're right now focused on media, entertainment, and advertising as a direct channel, HR tech, so I'll say talent acquisition and HR, and then third is government, legal, and compliance. Um, So those are the three areas that we're proactively going out and marketing and selling our, our products and solutions. There's a lot of other areas of the of the market, um, you know, some in commercial, some in regulated industries that we're not directly taking to market, and how we're dr- addressing those market opportunities are going through partners. So we have, um, you know, about 60 different types of channel partners, companies that are outright resellers, others are consultant, um, big you know, larger SI shops or consulting practices where they are actually taking our product and solutions to their end customers right, to go after those verticals um, that we are not going after directly. And we're dealing with some of the largest companies out there. Like Deloitte is a, a very active partner. We do a lot of different work for them, spanning multiple different market segments. But again, to be clear, it's their end customer, um, and we are, uh, we are the, like I say, and often the subcontractor or technology arm part of the solution that these partners are taking to their end customers. Okay.
0: Can you name drop a, a customer or two and, and just give us kind of a case study or, or tell us the problems you're solving for them? Sure.
1: Well, we've touched, <clears throat> we touched on ESPN, so let's, do, let's use them as the, the representative customer for media, entertainment, and advertising. So what, what we've done for them is we've created an instance of AIware um, that, that manages um, all of the content ingestion and indexing of both their audio video and and other elements of of unstructured data. So specifically, we ingest every live stream audio feed, live stream video feed, closed file like digital native content like podcasting, really everything that ESPN produces um, across all and, and distributes across all their various channels. We index all that content and then we use our AI and our different cognitive recipes to interrogate, investigate, and create I'll call time-correlated structured metadata around all that content. So the days of of ESPN having hundreds of interns, having to sift through and tag content and organize all that content, um, we've we've helped completely revolutionize and automate almost all of that. Um, As content continues to explode, the sheer volume that companies like SportsCenter and, and, and ESPN, which are as much of distributors of content as aggregators, as you know, of content, um, it's become overwhelming that, frankly, it's, it's not conceivable that they could do this without technology such as AIware to help them in- ingest and organize it. So that's part A. Part, so part A and B there is we create the ingestion layer of all the, uh, all the content. Um, we've created all the adapters to do like stream-based ingest and, and I'll say um, closed file um, ingest. We've created that intelligent data lake now of all their content and all the structure metadata that we've created around that content. And then the third pillar is now the workflow and application layer. So what now what we've done with them and, and, and the applications that were built on AI specifically for ESPN and other media companies is now they have software that allows their programming group to optimize what should, you know, um, optimize their programming and allows them, to, you know, I'd say, easier and faster access to content when they're building a compilation for Center at night or they're looking for the right clip to push out on social media right, as quickly as possible where you know, time is everything in the world of breaking news and sports. Um, so we have different applications that they are finding great value from that service um, their programming departments, their promotional departments, and actually even their advertising, sales, and spars- sponsorship departments. So that one investment of working and helping index and organize the, the tens of thousands of hours a month of content that we're ingesting and organizing for them um, has now turned into actionable insights and revenue-generating opportunities for them. Again, that span you know, promotions, programming, and advertising and sponsorship sales.
0: Now, is that a lengthy process, or are you doing it in real time?
1: We're doing it near real time. Um, different models, you know, are, are a little bit longer, so meaning. Um, as we're ingesting in real time, and, and, and many of the models are running in parallel, um, so we're able to turn around. I'll call intelligence, in, um, depending on some of the art forms of cognition, um, like transcription or, or some of the uh, machine vision, like um, object detection, in near real time. So it can be immediately actionable and relevant when they want to distribute or take advantage of that indexed content, right, in, in near real time. Um, but again, it's you know, so it, groups use us as a near real-time feature set. Um, But other groups, like if it's their advertising sales or sponsorship groups, they're really looking for post-analysis, right? So um, typically, some of their business um, use case and needs are really to make sure they have the right data when an advertising campaign or a big sponsorship is wrapping up. Um, So again, it depends. Our job, though, is to make sure if they do want the data in near real-time, right, that they have the access to it uh, immediately, independent or irrespective of what the use case is going to be. Okay.
0: Now, you made a number of announcements at Voice Summit earlier in the week. Can you give us just the cliff notes or what was announced sure. that's very significant? So one of the
1: biggest sort of um, advancements that we've done from, from a, an enhancement to AIware is, is harnessing synthetic content creation and really with a focus on synthetic voice technologies. And, and, and the two big art forms for synthetic voice um, is um, r- really two, two modalities, text-to-speech um, and speech-to-speech. So this is where we're taking now you know, text-based input, and the output is, is using a hyperrealistic, human-like sounding voice, a, like, something like an Alexa, but think of doing it at the enterprise level, is now being able to turn some of this um, tonnage of historical text-based content into natural spoken word. Um, we've been working on Veritone Voice, which is this category of IP um, that runs on AI where we launched that service about a year ago. And, but what we just announced um, this past uh, week with um, a partner which we announced is Stats Perform, is, I'll call some very exciting enterprise-grade um, solutions that we um, you know, have brought into market with these end customers. So the Stats, stats Perform, if, you, if people don't know them, um, they are the largest sports data company in the world. So um, the, the the actual real-time data that powers all your applications, right? That when you see real-time sports scores on ESPN, or if you are in fantasy sports in the gambling world, right? All of that real-time data is coming from the market leader Stats Perform, right? Who is the largest in the space? They're based out of London. What we've done with them, and what we um, announced, and we're and we're bringing to market for actually this um, upcoming World Cup, is to take that that all of that, un- that 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 um, the, the data elements, the text-based data elements that, that are coming from Stats reform, and we're using our technology to turn that into real-time, spoken, play-by-play. So now you can, you'll, you'll be able to listen to um, any of these sporting events, um, and not just have to read, like I'll say, the text-based information, like how many balls and strikes, but the spoken word, the color commentary, um, it, it will be, is being produced in real-time and in a multitude of different languages. So in, so in real time, you can actually hear the Cullen commentary and play-by-play for football, a, soccer internationally. Um, for, uh, for this upcoming World Cup, is kind of the kickoff. Um, but we envision working with Stats Perform for is to really power synthetic play-by-play for every single sport in a multitude of different languages. So that's one of the areas that we had kind of a, the big announcement we announced at, at the Voice Summit. Um, and where we're we're thrilled to be working with Stats Perform, who is our primary customer um, for this new solution that we're bringing to market.
0: Okay, and so how do we make money? What's the revenue model or models look like? Sure. So for everything we do, we have a base um, software
1: license, so for AIware, um, and then the variables on the baseline is what what, um, applications will they be using. Um, So on top of AIware for each of these different verticals, we have a multitude of different applications um, that, if they, again, if they don't want to go build their own workflows um, or their own proprietary applications on our stack, they can also license – I'll call think of it like Microsoft Office. It's like your base-level set of applications that allow them to get value out of um, a lot of the AI cognition and processing that we're doing. So Part A is a license agreement for AIware, and then if there is an applicable um, set of applications, um, we also charge a license for those. And then the third variable is the consumption side of of the equation. Um, So we do evaluate the tonnage or amount of content or data that we are ingesting and indexing, um, and that that can be in the terms of hours, minutes, or gigabytes. Um, And that's the variable in terms of pricing. And that's kind of consistent across um, all of our our different um, industries. We've had, we have a few examples where we've done kind of a, a perpetual um, flat license, um, but that's usually limited to a few government-related clients. But for the most part, it's primarily a SaaS-based model with a variable consumption element that's based upon tonnage of data and content that, again, we're ingesting and indexing.
0: Very good. And how about gross margins? Where are they now, and,
1: and where should they be?
0: Well, they're pretty high right
1: now, so we're thankful that they're north of 80%. Um, you know, we think with the array of new products and services um, that we currently have in the market and what's on our roadmap, I think we'll be able to maintain, you know, that very high gross margin um, basis. Um, and, and one way to sort of reinforce that is, you know, the benefit of the platform is if you take go back to the ESPN example, right, once we've sort of um, have ingested all their content um, and we've created that base level framework for them, when we um, build a new application um, that they find valuable and we provision that on our same stack, the gross margins, for, I'll say, for a lot of these subsequent applications are near 100%. So it's allowed us, again, where we're not starting from scratch, as we're adding you know, land and expand and upsell, those incremental applications um, are, at least historically, have been realized and onboarded at an even higher gross margin. So I think um, at least for the market opportunities that we're going after and I think our, our product array that we currently have on plate and against our future product roadmap, I feel pretty confident we'll be able to maintain those high gross margins. Very good. And the growth strategy, what's that look like? Well, growth strategy right now is, you know, there's, in terms of market saturation in the, in the sectors we're in, um, it's pretty small. So, there's a, you know, there's, we view that there's still, for example, in state and local law enforcement alone, which is, you know, one of our you know, subcategories under government, um, we, do, we do have about 30% um, market coverage, um, which we just announced in California. So, every single police or, or um, state and local law enforcement agency, we have about 30% coverage already um, that are licensing one of our products or services. So there's still growth even in California. Um, we do, but again, there's the entire the rest of the United States. We probably have about a hundred um, police agencies and, and sheriff departments that are using some form of our AI um, solutions across the board. And I can sort of say that in every one of our categories. Um, so there's so there's both growth in terms of net new customers in these verticals, but also the upsell to existing larger customers. Um, our net retention rate is very high. It's well north, um, as we've sort of disclosed already, it's well north of 90%. Um, so the point there is is that once we land a customer, we very rarely keep them. right? We have a very sticky product. We have a very sticky platform. Um, and then it's an upsell. And so our goal, so when we kind of look at it is, is, I'll call same store, if you will, so same client revenues. And can we grow those revenues over time, again, through increased consumption based revenues, but also increased application or licensing based revenues. Um, So it's kind of a two prong approach.
0: Okay. So all organic or acquisitions part of the plan? We we will always be
1: opportunistic um, for acquisitions. Um, Again, you know, know, with the market kind of resetting itself and rebalancing a little bit, um, you know, I think we're going to see more attractive opportunities for us to pick up some some private companies out there where I think the valuations were just a, a little askew for a while. Um, but again, we look at that as kind of gravy on top. Um, we're going to be very disciplined with our cash. Um, you know, the next year, despite however however optimistic we are about our own business, you know, it's going to be a turbulent market. And we want to make sure that, that we maintain, you know, I'd say the most optionality and be very disciplined and conservative with our cash. But as we've shown in the past, if there is a strategic opportunity out there as it relates to market opportunity, market expansion, or technology, we absolutely will go prosecute that opportunity. Um, but I just say f- across the board is we will you know, not compromise our discipline against such.
0: Okay, the stock market's been uh, pretty turbulent as well. The stock's pulled back uh, after uh, Amazon announced uh, a hiring pullback. Are, are they a large customer? And what's the effect on your Pandalogic pandologic division? Yep. Yep. They are.
1: I mean, Amazon is our largest customer um, across the board. They're not just a Pandologic or I'll, I'll call it an, you know HR um, vertical. They, we actually do business kind of a, on really in multiple segments of our business um, for Amazon, Audible, um, so, so several different categories. Yeah, they're a great partner. They're still. Um, I mean, if, you, if we were just able to capture, frankly, more market share within Amazon right now, you know, we're we're we're, we're excited about that relationship and where that can grow. Um, you know they have different business units. You know they are under a lot of the same pressures in terms of, of turnover and attrition in their logistics business, like many other logistics in hospitality or, or quick service restaurant businesses. So you know Amazon has been very clear um, that they're going to be more disciplined and, and, and I'd say slowing the pace of hiring. Um, you, know, they, 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 you know they've sort of disclosed that they um, overinvested in terms of capacity, um, as we know in the fourth quarter of last year, and that kind of hangover. Is something that they're working through. But again, um, we do see Amazon in terms of you know, filling new positions and, and, and replacing um, talent that has been exiting the company, like any company. But again, obviously, in the logistic businesses, some of those attrition numbers are higher than other categories. It's a great, it's a great client for us. We expect growth um, from them next year. It, so it put that on one side. I think the bigger thing is, is that our non-Amazon business for our, for our HR side, PandaLogic, um, is growing well north of triple digits a year. Right? So our ability to continue to diversify the customer base for our HR business for PandaLogic continues to improve. The team is doing an excellent job there. Um, and so therefore, I think we're going to bring a much more normalization of, of the revenue over the next you know, course of a year or two um, as, we, as we continue to be successful in growing our non-Amazon business.
0: Okay. And so what are some of the other key drivers?
1: Um, I think for the business, you know, we, you know, we, we do have a major component of our of our business that's, you know, tied to ad dollars. You know, whether that's direct, you know, um, business for you know servicing a lot of brands um, using our technology, um, or I'll say indirectly from like selling and you know, licensing products to broadcasters and groups like ESPN. Um, but but again, you know, the, the good news there is a lot of the ad advertising type of dollars that we service are performance dollars. So as compared to like brand um, brand based um, ad spend, so we're, um, we've seen a much more resilient um, opportunity for our advertising related um, product and services, um, including AI, we're in, in those markets be much more resilient um, than a lot of com- customers or companies that are more susceptible to brand based budgets. Um, it's going to be it's, we, we do expect a turbulent year, um, but we have a, a very diversified um, customer base in, in that field. Um, and despite some of the, I'd say, perceived headwinds in the in the ad space, um, you know, again, we we are a very uh, de facto leader in some of these categories. But because again, our our clients are very focused on performance, we see those budgets being much more resilient than some of the, let will say, auxiliary brand-based ad budgets out there. So that's another area that we're we're both you know we're keeping a close eye on. But we're at least as we see here today with our client portfolio, um, we're pretty optimistic of of what next year looks like, even for our, 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 say, our advertising-related businesses.
0: Okay. And and as we monitor the company over the next year, what are some of the events or catalysts that we ought to watch for?
1: Um, Well, I mean, we just announced some of these exciting ones. So, you know, what we just announced at Voice with stats and and I'll say some of the enterprise class deals um, that we're doing in Voice and synthetic Voice is something that, we're encouraging investors and others to take a, a good look at. Um, some of these we do expect to become material revenue drivers for the company through next year, um, and so there's, there's more to come. We announced stats and, and I would keep on the lookout for other exciting, I'll call, enterprise-class you know, voice initiatives. Um, second is you know, we, we love the HR tech space. You know, we think you know, building and integrating on top of AI where there's a lot of growth opportunity that we could do very cost-effectively in that market. Um, that, that we can continue to to expand and drill in. Um, you know, despite I'd say, you know, say the turbulence in, in the, the hiring and labor markets, you know, what I like to say is, you know, turbulent markets, um, technology is great for turbulent markets, right? And whether it's up or down or sideways or left or right, you know, it, you know it's it's an area that we are heavily you know, investing in and we're very excited about that space. So I would expect to to, you know, in addition to what we're doing in synthetic voice and on the media side, um, I would look be on the lookout for you know, exciting progress and announcements on the HR tech side as well.
0: Very good. So, so before we go, is there anything that you wish I would have asked you that I, I failed to ask you and any closing remarks that, that you want to leave us with? <coughs>
1: um, well, the, no, I think the market's tough. I mean, I, I think you know, we, we touched on a few of them on this call today and, and I'm appreciative of the fact of you asking about some of our markets, but you know, I, I think you know we in some of our messaging, a lot of people have been wanting to see faster growth in some of our market segments, like you know energy and, and fed. Um, and you're right, we're you know we of all the areas, we wish those couple segments um, have historically grown faster, whether they were direct sales efforts or through through channel partners. Despite that, um, you know we we have been able to post, and cont- and are optimistic that we're going to continue to post great growth numbers. Um, but we need to do a better job of, of, frankly, putting forth more front and center those those areas of the businesses that, again, we have a lot of subject matter expert um, teeth in and in market leadership positions in, such as HR tech and the media and entertainment categories. And that's something that that you're going to start to see us, I, get, I, I say, you know, be a little bit more demonstrative in our positioning and, and market awareness on those categories, um, as much as historically I think there's been Maybe an overweighted amount of focus and attention on some of our Fed or regulated industry um, um, efforts. So that's going to be something that we just need, need to do a better job of articulating that to the street, because um, they are exciting growth areas of the company. Um, and, and case in point, we just you know, talking about Baritone Voice. You know, these are investments that we've made well, you know, a year ago, you know, or even more, and we're really starting to see the fruits of those efforts um, produce.
0: Okay. So, Ryan, I really appreciate your time, and thanks for sharing the Veritone story. Jeff, thank you. Have a good morning.